Welcome to Artificial Ghost Radio, your unofficial guide to navigating the airwaves. I'm Miles. And I'm Mars. This is a podcast for each and every week. We, uh, we rediscover what makes music so special. Did you pronounce each with an A <laughs> at the beginning? I H. I I did I did I did pronounce it with an A. Hello. Um, yeah. I don't even know what I did. <laughs> I don't think you know what you do at any point in time. No, that's true. I basically forget things as soon as they're done happening. Yeah, that's about right. Um. So Miles. So Mars. What uh, we we changed the name of the theme uh, a couple of times before recording. What's the theme this week, do you think? The the theme for this week is um, songs for real gamers, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, the songs for real gamers. Songs by real gamers, for real gamers. <laughs> Only true gamers allowed. Hashtag true gamers. Hashtag. Um, I did say you, hashtag. Let me hit you with a list of video games I have played. One, Super okay. Princess Peach for the DS Lite. That's it. Dope. <laughs> Right, yeah. And a Pokemon, probably. Certainly a Pokemon. Probably, probably. Um, let me tell you, uh, list every game that I've played. We don't have that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't even think that I could name every game that I've played. Because, because uh, I guess I'm a gamer. You are a real gamer. I'm not a real gamer. Yeah. I don't know why I'm on this episode. <laughs> well, uh, soon you won't be. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shoot you. <laughs> Die, coward. <laughs> no, uh, soon you won't be the only one on this podcast with oh, me, okay. trapped, trapped in this dimension with me. Oh, we're going to finally acknowledge the secret third co-host that can't talk? Um, yeah, yeah, and then we're going to have uh, the fourth co-host that is our special guest this week, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later. Indeed, indeed. Don't want to spoil you, you, can, you can see her name in the title. Damn it. <laughs> No, keep it a secret. Just call her. No. Real gamer. No. Music. <laughs> I want to I wanna properly credit her. All right, that's fair. Uh, okay. So, uh, I guess I'm going first this week, which... Yeah, so Mars, what's your um real gamer song for real gamers? Um, my real song for real uh. gamers... <sighs> okay, well, to be real, it's kind of the loosest interpretation of a gamer song I probably could have, like, could have possibly brought. Okay. Um, it's Shrunk by Aesop Rock off of the Impossible Kid from 2016. Okay. A game I have not heard of. <laughs> yeah, th- well, this song um, is not from a game. Okay. It's just a song uh, that About exists. a game? Or, okay, that just exists. Interesting. So... So it's even more removed than your Halloween song was. <laughs> hey, my Halloween song was deeply connected to Halloween. It was a scary, spooky experience that we all had to endure. Yeah. And that's why it was a Halloween song. Yeah. So are you going to explain the connection to yes, being a real yes, gamer? Yes, so yes. So, so, so the main connection is the is the music video. Which is primarily animated in this, you know, like a bunch of arcade games. But the uh, the live action segments of it take place in local to me, Barcade, Ground Control with a K, 
in downtown Portland, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, right next to a pretty dope comic book shop called Floating World Comics. But by, by the way, Crack Control, you know, it's a good arcade. Mm-hmm. But uh, far and away, Quarter World on Hawthorne on the east side is a, is a better arcade. They serve actual food and it's built into an old theater. We have one arcade in Hobart and it's attached mm-hmm. to the movie theater and laser tag Yeah, that's that's this bit is for no one. This is for nobody. It's for me and everyone that lives in Portland. Anyway, so Aesop Rock is this sort of old name in the hip hop scene, but it's always remained sort of underground. His his style kind of helps reflect how many types of music hip hop as a genre label can really apply to, mm. because. He doesn't really rap, at, at least not really on this album. I haven't really heard more any of his other stuff. Uh, I'd more call it the hardest slam poetry you've ever heard. I love that. God, I can't wait until we do our slam poetry episode. Ooh, don't know what I'd bring for that. Let's, I'll figure it out. Um, um, I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this song in particular has a lot that I want to get into, and I'll obviously get into it after we listen to it. Um but one thing I will say uh, is that despite my genuine love for the song and album, the music video for Shrunk really isn't worth watching. Which of course means that we will absolutely be of watching it. Let me go. Wrapped attention to it. Let, let me uh, let me pull that up for you and let's. Give it a listen. Spin that track. Nervous in the service still. I'm burger meeting purple pills here. Thank you, but call your name. Sure you will. Skipped lunch. I'm shrunk. You're sitting in a waiting room, you're dreaming of Arcadia, you're feeling like a baby tooth, the waiting panacea, channeling your inner Beowulf in purgatory just before you pay up to fillet yourself and others in the name of help, cold on a conveyor belt, in an ego death alone, no telephone. So maybe you can see what I mean when I say that the music video is not 100% worth watching. I think it's alright. It's fine. I just don't think it does a better job telling the story of the song better than the song does. And also, it, I don't know, because the song is pretty blatantly about, like, therapy. Mm-hmm. And the song is, in its lyrics, it's, like, about his anxiety and, and difficulty with trust that he experiences during a therapy appointment mm-hmm. and being in the waiting room and filling out forms and all that. But the music video is more like about the sort of superficial elements of that process that make it like annoying Mm. but it doesn't really communicate it very well and also at the end it just takes a a break from trying to fit the lyrics and just has a fight with a bear yeah uh but okay this song though is um excellent it is it was a really really interesting song yeah i've i've known about aesop rock for only a few years like i said he's been in the scene for a while i don't exactly know how much or rather how long um because i don't know i just haven't looked into it and i've only known of him since the release of of the impossible kid the the album that the song is on and and like every song on the album kind of does play out a lot like this song does it's like 
telling a story from his life using the most vocabulary possible yeah. over like a hard as fuck beat and really varied and interesting production definitely like this this is a song that demands to be turned up yet it's about like it's about feeling like shit during therapy yeah, I know what you mean when you said earlier that it's more of a slam poem than it is a rap. Because mm-hmm. it's very, at least it still rhymes and shit, but, and it still lays on a beat, but like, it is more, yeah, story-driven than a song usually is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not like, there's not really a lot of repetition in any of his songs. It's just like, you know, it's just, it, he just tells the story and then it, it's just going. And the, there's a chorus in there, but for the most part, like, there's like upwards of 200 words per song, probably. Actually, that was a super low estimate. It turns out that this song alone has about 470 words. Yeah. Uh, like it's it's wild how like much information he packs into these songs. Really, he adds these little details about like how he skipped lunch to be at this therapy session, mm-hmm. and it really like paints this picture vividly in your mind, even if you don't fully understand all of like the local local slang and the sourcing. His songs can be kind of impenetrable lyrically. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, I don't... Like, if you look up any of his songs on Genius Lyrics, uh, every single lyric pretty much will have an annotation explaining it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, damn, his fucking production shakes the shakes the fucking room. So Mars. Yes. Why did you pick this song? I mean, other than the fact that I really like it, there's I, I feel a lot of affinity towards the song, uh, especially in the first couple of lines. But really throughout the whole thing, I I haven't had much experience with therapy. In fact, I wish I've had more. I'm trying to figure out getting a therapist at some point soon, but yeah. it's it's a lot. It's it's like the first couple of lines in the song, he talks about feeling poked and prodded and like they're trying to pull information out of him uh through the medical form that he has to fill out with his name and everything Mm. and like the first couple of lines really i mean the whole thing sort of covers that general idea of of feeling like like you have to put so much work into even getting into that room and like it's not a lot of physical effort, but it's a lot mentally just to even get into a room talking with another person about your your problems. It is. And even when you get there, it's there's no guarantee that you'll actually want to talk. Yeah, I won't say who this was, but a friend of mine the other day said that they think that they failed therapy the other day because mm. they just said, like, fuck, I don't know what to talk about. My brain's bad. Um, and yeah, I think it's, that's, I mean, it's, that's an interesting thing to say. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to talk about this sort of stuff yeah. uh sometimes and uh but like for me especially especially at the time that i first heard it the first two lines of the song really resonated with me which are um my first name is a random set of numbers and letters and other alphanumerics that changes hourly forever my last name a thousand vowels fitting down a sinkhole to a susurrus it couldn't just be john that were bingo it really really struck a chord with me when i first heard it even if i didn't know why at the time in 2016 i was still an egg who didn't know their name and feeling very unhappy about it 
Yeah. Uh, and those first few lines really, really hit me hard because it reflected my own feelings of really not feeling like I had an identity or or like an, a proper existence. Yeah. And obviously I've, I've changed and evolved and, and discovered a lot about myself since then. But this line reminds me of that time in my life a lot. It, it's... It's interesting how songs can like feel really personal like that, even if the context is completely different for the artist. Yeah, definitely. Um, I I definitely related my experiences um, with therapy to this because the whole song is about being guarded, right? It's about right, yeah. the initial feelings of pride and resistance to going to therapy. And people will try and deny that and be like, no, it's totally fine. I'm cool. I can go to therapy. But it's fine to be prideful. It's fine to feel like, you know, bad that you're going to therapy because it's nothing to feel bad about because everyone's always told you your whole life that, you know, only crazy people go to the therapist. Um, right, yeah. And that waiting room is the easiest place to leave really uh-huh. like when like him getting a number uh people who didn't watch the music video he gets uh a number and it says 99 and they're serving number seven and uh, that is right, simultaneously yeah. the longest and the shortest period of time because you're still in that waiting room and it will happen but until it does you're just skewing in like what you think you're going to talk about and like what you don't want to talk about and like i really loved the uh opening of verse three where it's just she says i'm not your enemy i said that sounds like Something that my enemy would say instead of playing off the chemistry. She said, You're being difficult. I said, I'm being. Which is like, You shouldn't need to tell me that you're not my enemy. I should just feel safe around you. Um, but that's not always the case when you're paranoid or you're very guarded and going into a therapy situation. Yeah, yeah. So, I guess my last question for you is mm-hmm. We are doing stuff on video games this episode. Uh, yes. Real Games to Real Games. And you bought this song about therapy. Right. So, yes. And I know you don't get into the meditation sort of definition of songs and that sort of shit because it's not your jam you're more of a production person but Mm -hmm. do you correlate playing video games to therapy oh kind of i haven't thought about it like that before but kind of okay Uh, yeah i uh, well here here's all i'm gonna say on that i kind of wish you brought that up later (laughs) sorry It's okay. Uh, so I'm not going to fully answer that question, and then we'll come back to it when okay. I am ready to. Okay. Are we going to talk about that with our guest? Uh, yeah, as a matter of fact. Sick. Look at that. I'm a fucking mind reader. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's that's all I've got to say on this on this little ditty that I have brought. I really enjoyed it. That was fantastic. You should listen to the whole album, and so should everybody listening to this. I will. It's excellent. Mm -hmm. It's called The Impossible Kid. Aesop Rock. It's great. All right. So, Miles. So, Miles. I'm assuming that uh, your song is probably actually from a video game. It is actually from a video, James. Okay. Because I was like, oh, a video Uh, game song. (laughs) So I did that. Yeah. (laughs) Did that one. That that was definitely, like, the most obvious way to go and probably the best way to go. And I didn't do that. I liked your song. So, yeah, what's what's your song for this week? My song for this week, my real video gamer song, is Don't Deal Mm -hmm. with the Devil from Cuphead. Ah, Hell yeah. Oh, I've, I've heard that song. It's I've never played Cuphead, but I have heard that song. 
and hell yeah i'm excited let's get into it fuck yeah let do you want to listen to it uh if are we going into it immediately you know what i'm gonna i'll explain it okay okay i'll just give you a little a listener introduction to cuphead if you don't know what cuphead is so this is from the wiki because uh i'm stupid and i didn't want to do more research than that that's not true i did a lot of research there's just not much about it okay <laughs> cuphead is a run and gun indie video game developed and published by studio mdhr it was first announced in 2014 where i believe it had an e3 showing uh and then it was properly released in september of 2017 yes indeed yes indeed it's uh basically like the whole idea of the game is like there there are it's like a platformer game but you shoot bullets and whatever pellets like yeah mega man if you know what that is <laughs> i think everyone knows if, what mega man is no i mean sure but if you don't like what i'm saying is that like if i'm explaining cuphead i shouldn't use another video game to that's, describe it that's fair because i can't i can't guarantee that they if they've haven't heard of one game that they have heard of another it's basically like a paintball gun the little pellets you shoot them yeah sometimes you're in a plane but for the most part like it's like fighting cool bosses mm. and it's set in like a with it's all hand animated with like 1940s cartoons style yeah so um it was inspired by the <laughs> uh rubber hose style of animation which is what they called it in the 1930s um which mm-hmm. is where uh, everything's really bouncy and everything looks sort of like made of rubber or like just very smooth which is also quite hard to do um with modern standards and like you said everything was hand drawn which is amazing the creators of it um like the art director like the two main directors rewatched um hours and hours and hours of old cartoons just to get like what's the right brush thickness to use here what are some colors that wouldn't have been around back then um and like it, it came out really really interesting and if anyone's listening that hasn't seen the art for cuphead it is absolutely enchanting it i cannot even explain how beautiful and like deeply surreal it is yeah it, it's like it's one of those games that if you're like it's one of those things where if you're like if you're a 2d animator you've already studied this thing yeah and it's only been out for a year yeah it is enchanting so what's what's special about this song for there are many songs in that video game there are and i'm going to talk a bit more about the soundtrack after we listen to it that don't deal with the devil is both the first song um it is the introduction to the game so you know what the plot is and don't deal with the devil is the subtitle of cuphead so i was like that's apt uh it's also Mm -hmm. one of the Mm -hmm. i think oh it might be the only one or one of the only ones with actual lyrics yes yes indeed um i i I, actually i don't know i think i think there are like two or two i don't know fuck it um but yeah because cuphead is very minimalist um but i will get into that after we give this a listen i like how you were right on the ball with it and then like it took me like two minutes to get you the actual link that's how everything happens yeah well cuphead and his pelmug man they like to roll the dice by chance they came on devil's game and gosh they paid the price Paid the price, and now they're fighting for their lives on a mission fraught with dread. And if they proceed but don't succeed, well, the devil will take their heads. Okay, so there are definitely there's definitely more than one song with lyrics because there's also the 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 song that the dice the the dice guy sings. Ah, okay. 
But what's fun is that this song is only 41 seconds long, so I'm probably just going to have to play the whole thing. Because <laughs> I my normal guideline is I try to keep the, the clips at around 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I do that and just leave 10 seconds off this thing, it's just like, why? Yeah, what's the point? What's the, yeah. Um, so. This is the plot of uh, Cuphead, is that um, Cuphead and his brother Mugman are fun-loving rowdy boys, and mm-hmm. they love to Who gamble. Who love crime. Who love crime. Uh, they mm-hmm. love to gamble, uh, and against their elders' warnings, they go into the Devil's Casino and play craps. They go on a winning streak, they start getting a lot of money, uh, and mm-hmm. then the Devil himself comes down and offers, uh, if Cuphead and Mugman win run one more roll, they can have all of them in the casino if not the devil takes their souls and cuphead rolls snake eyes so sure. um him and mugman beg for mercy then like the whole plot of the mm-hmm. game is that they have to go collect the souls of people who um have run away and are in debt to him yeah this is one of those video games where you're like you're kind of the bad guy <laughs> it is um because you have to do this like it's a very selfish thing to do is that um you basically like no don't kill me and then he's like well go kill like 20 other people then and you do it uh, and also i i feel like this the title of the song and the subtitle for the for the game itself uh is definitely extremely fitting because if if anyone is like offering you like a uh, that kind of deal, like like you can have everything I own, mm-hmm. or you can die, and it's just like nah, don't gamble with your life, yeah. Um, like not not only don't gamble with your life, but also like what? Why would you put everything you own on the line if you weren't sure. pretty damn sure yeah. that um I was gonna lose? Absolutely. So that's why I love Cuphead and Mugman is because um, they're both big dumbasses. They're big dumbasses, um, and because of their hubris, they have they almost died, and they have to go murder a bunch yeah. of people. Um, but it's not like I mean I'm putting it in those terms, but it's more surreal. It's very cartoony, obviously. Um, it's not yeah, actually yeah. like gory or edgy in that sort of way. Um, it's it remains no, very no. Uh, Walt Disney throughout the game. Yes, it's it, definitely Disney is, I think, probably one of the main inspirations for this game. Certainly all of the old Mickey Mouse cartoons Absolutely. that are all terrifying. Yep. Um. God, remember Suicide Mouse? No. God. There was just a video of, like, it was, like, one of the original creepypastas of, like... They found this in the Disney vaults, and if you listen to the the German at the end, it'll make you kill yourself. But we blurted out, so no one does that. Um, it was so stupid. <laughs> I, what I love about the internet mm-hmm. is that there are you know anybody who has spent a significant amount of time on it. I like our generation mm-hmm. will have these wild stories about weird specific community shit that they happened to witness yeah and like no one will know what the fuck they're talking about nope (laughs) yeah it's great okay so what i really like about the um i mean cuphead in general is that both the art style is all done uh traditionally all hand-drawn frames and all of Mm -hmm. the music is done by uh similar similar to Wario Land Shake It. Yeah? Yeah, that was all hand-drawn. Okay. Did you want to throw another video game reference in there? Um... 
Yeah, I guess. <laughs> What's another one? Give me another one. Come on. Um, okay, okay. Another video game reference. Um, hmm. Hmm. I'm struggling to think of another video game besides Cuphead and Wario, Wario Land Shake It. What about Super Princess Peach? Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so, yeah, they have an original jazz band soundtrack of this. I think it really mm-hmm. adds to the flair of the game and how they mix the sort of 80s side-scroller adventure um, with the 30s style. And I think it's very much so succeeds in creating a totally immersive video game. Like, at no point in time do you go, this wasn't made in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that it's a fucking video game, it looks perfect. They do like yeah, all of the sure. proper blurring, all of the line effects, and like it all looks like it's been translated onto like a screen that wasn't quite right. Um, it's yeah, so interesting. Like this game is a um wild, wild achievement in attention to detail and recreation uh that i don't think we will see happen again for a good while probably not and also we haven't mentioned one of the hardest games like it is so excruciatingly hard it it's 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 pretty tough i i beat it though um i'm a real gamer you know i'm the true gamer oh the only true gamer you're that you're elijah wood from spy kids 3 I didn't die once, and then until I died at the end of Spy Kids Three. <laughs> till I got murdered. I got murdered. Till I got till I got murdered immediately. Mm-hmm. We should watch Spy Kids. I've never played Cuphead. We should. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's yeah, that's all I really have to say about Cuphead. I think it's fantastic as a very, like, uh, artsy person. I appreciate aesthetics as well as, uh, you know, gameplay mechanics very much so. Yeah, yeah, I... I I think, like, it's super fun to, like, push an idea as far as it'll go. Mm -hmm. And Cuphead is definitely a game that that pushed that idea, like, as far as possible. Yeah. All right. Miles, you know what that means. What does it mean, Miles? (laughs) Now I have to actually interview someone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're keeping it loosey-goosey. We're keeping it righty-tighty. So with that, uh, we'll take it to the break. And when we come back, we will have our very special guest, Penny Parker, a.k.a. Snapcube, that we're recording that in an, in 40 minutes. So it's a kind of a weird energy. Love the energy. Love it. Really cool. <laughs> it's really good energy. Let's I'm going to order break. lunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting too old for this sort of thing. My little old heart is going thunk, thunk, thunk. That's very nice. <clears throat> Let me introduce this man before I faint here. Ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Pickett. My name is Boris. And back in 62, the Crypt Kickers and I brought the Monster Mash to you. But now it's a different bag, and mashing is a drag. When the lights grow dim, we now do the monster swim. Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, how, how how y'all doing? I've still how been here doing? the entire time. It's true. So, a- as I said before we uh, before we went to the break, we have uh, a wonderful special guest with us today. Uh, the the one and only Penny Parker, aka Snapcube. 
That's me. Yeah. Uh, fa- famed musician. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if famed is, is the proper word. And, and uh, you know, known gamer girl. Okay. Known hashtag I'll, I'll, real gamer. I'll give into that one, gamer. yeah. Hashtag real gamer. I'm the realest gamer y'all will ever see. um so like we mentioned just a second ago you are you are a a a noted to to some people musician Uh uh a singer of the band or uh, i think you describe it as like just a musical project go child yes uh, yeah, I, I, I personally, I, I sort of like interchange between, I'm, I'm getting more comfortable calling it a band now because we are actually adding more members. Um, but initially Ooh. I was much more comfortable and still am a little bit more comfortable calling it an indie project. Um, mm-hmm. cause well, one, I'm pretentious and I like calling things projects. <laughs> um, it sounds cool and I like it. So I call it that. Uh, and also it, it kind of, it makes me feel a little bit more grounded in the sense that like, I don't know, I don't like giving myself too much credit if I can help it. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, Go Child is, uh, a, like an independent music project. Uh, it was started by my friend Ryan and I, uh, you can find him at Chongo Show on YouTube and like uh, Chongo Blog on Tumblr and all that kind of stuff. He is, his internet handle is Chongo uh, normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, we uh, we started this uh, music project and we have an album out. We have a few singles out. Uh, we have some covers out. And uh, it's just been um, just been a really fun experience. Uh, we just make music for, for music's sake. And uh, it started just because like he... He was he had been dabbling in instrumental music and like chiptune stuff and and like all kinds of electronica music like for for many years before we had met. And then uh, I have been a vocalist for pretty much my whole life, just like like developing over time. I've been singing ever since I could sing physically. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like we just kind of realized that we had like the skill set that could mesh well together. So, yeah, we started making music and still are working on stuff to this day. That's awesome. That's that's fantastic. And also, yeah. what I uh, love is that we don't even have to ask you questions because you just answered a bunch of them. <laughs> I just by yeah, talking. no, I told you before we started. I'm one of the most long winded people, and it can be both a blessing and a curse. <laughs> Uh, don't don't worry, because because uh, obviously we have notes, uh, and I don't know how Miles' notes go, but my notes are um, you don't a look lot. <laughs> Uh huh. I so as as an example, I'm just going to read because normally, like, I just try to s- summarize the general thought of my notes so it sounds more natural. But right now, just to give you an example, I'm going to read verbatim what I wrote for this question. Okay. Oh no. Your songs have such a grandness to them. You can really feel the stakes of the stories you are telling. And you have a great range of emotion you showcase over uh, your album, The Masquerade. You've talked about how songwriting process is essentially Ryan sends you the instrumental and then you write lyrics to fit the song. When writing a song like this, how does your process look when trying to match the energy of the instrumental with emotion and narrative? There's a way better way to ask that without it taking literally a minute. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's I like the way I like the way that question is presented. It I uh, it's it's good. It's good clarity. Uh well, first of all, thank you. Uh secondly, I disagree. Uh <laughs> and uh uh thirdly to actually answer your question. So yeah, the uh the main sort of 
developmental structure we have for our music is that we uh ryan works on like little instrumental ideas in his own time and then he'll send me demos and stuff and drafts and stuff of like ideas that he has and he'll send me like little 30 second concepts and stuff and then i will build on that and we'll both sort of build on it together uh however we can um we're actually we're getting to the point now where uh we're delegating the creative process a little bit more evenly like i i'm finding that recently for this new album we're working on that uh, we are, I, I am doing a lot more uh, structural writing on my end to, to like start a song because uh, oh. with the masquerade, it, it was like you described it. It was a lot more uh, solely say for like maybe one or two songs that Ryan would uh, make an instrumental first and then send it to me and I would put lyrics on top of that. And mm-hmm. uh, it worked for that first project because uh it was it was very experimental and it was sort of like the the uh the the inspiration that sort of I, that's the structure of that idea was the inspiration to start this project in the first place which is why it worked for that first thing but um i'm finding that that can uh potentially be a little bit limiting and so sure. yeah we're we're dabbling in a lot of different ways to handle it but i guess if we're talking narrative uh, the thing about the masquerade is that uh, it didn't start with a narrative in mind, and if you listen to the album as a whole, uh, I did very intentionally um, order the track list to make it sort of flow as a narrative. But from song to song, they don't really connect in that way as much as they could have if we had started with a narrative in mind. And uh, I don't think that that was the most important thing for the project because, again, it was really uh, experimental. And uh, even for this uh, new one that we're working on, uh, we're working on an album called Coffee and Ramen, and we're still not entirely making it like this overarching thing. But uh, we have like motifs that we use across different songs and we have like little uh, little common threads that uh, we try to uh, inject if we can. And uh, I always try I, I end up like feeling bad sometimes because i uh have like very specific visions for that kind of thing and uh mm-hmm. i tend to push very strongly towards certain ideas or push against certain ideas and like i feel sometimes like i can be overbearing but um i think it's just yeah, because like yeah. i think yeah i think it's just because like i have these ideas of like what is too much of a like motif like what's like uh what can seem sort of um gratuitous and what can seem natural and if we do something like that, I want it to feel earned. Uh, so I don't know if I actually answered your question. <laughs> I, um, I, I I think you did. It, somewhere yeah. in there, you answered it. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in that spiel. Es- essentially, it's just throwing things at the wall, is what I'm saying. Like we just, it's all just experimentation. So would you ever um do like a whole album of like one particular story, either like from a game or like a comic or something, or like your own original thing? I'd like to. Yeah. Uh, I've thought about it and we've talked about it and I it, it's definitely on the table. Um we have some like somewhat of a starting concept for the album that we may work on after Coffee and Ramen. Uh but nothing is too set in stone yet because we are working on this album right now. So like uh it's definitely on the table. Like I've I've thought about it. I've uh I've talked with Ryan. I brought it up like hey, I I think it'd be cool if we did like a like a whole sort of single actually intentional narrative album that tells a complete story and isn't just like tonally uh threaded together after the fact so what are some of those like sort of um either like musical inspirations or like are there any particular like games or media things that like you're really drawn to when you're making your music um 
Spotify. <laughs> I, <laughs> I listen yeah. my entire Spotify library. I listen to a lot of music. Um, I'm constantly looking for new things. Uh, and if I'm not looking for new things, I'm listening to the same song 50 times in a row. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. It's it's it is one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Because with the because with this show, um, uh, we've constantly got to be searching for for new music. It's actually really good for me because I do that so often. I'm like, I have yeah, two yeah, albums. Yeah. I'm good for at least a decade. Yeah, yeah I, I would absolutely do that. Uh huh. But like, without this show, I would not have discovered like a lot of music that I I you know. Oh, that's really good. Love. Yeah, that's really good. Uh, but in in terms of like inspirations, um. I I think the the easiest answer for me without like trying to like break my brain like trying to like just dive into like my entire uh, interest catalog <laughs> uh would be just to say that like I think my favorite uh musical artist is um Adam Young um also known as Owl City uh oh, that's his that's awesome. most popular project you can definitely hear the inspiration uh, and I'm I'm sort of breaking away from that a little bit because uh, I'm I'm listening to more things and sort of like getting a uh, a, a taste for different things and trying out different writing styles but especially in the masquerade you can definitely hear that influence i feel and uh he is a wonderful wonderful producer and musician um he does so many different things he dabbles in so many different like genres of music and he he's always trying new things and uh like no no single owl city album is gonna sound the same as another one uh to a certain degree and like uh that's really cool and like he he does stuff outside of Owl City. Like one of my favorite things that he's ever done uh, is his Adam Young Scores project, which he did in 2016. Which was basically he uh, for every month in the year of 2016, he released a an album of film score inspired music that uh, was supposed to musically and emotionally and tonally tell the story of a historical event. Oh, that's so oh, wow. cool. It is so cool. And it is like, it is some of the most beautiful uh, orchestrated music I personally have ever heard. Uh, like, that sounds like high praise, but it, it's how <laughs> it's genuinely how I feel about it. Um, it is is so good. I highly recommend listening, uh, if you ever get the chance, to the first album from that project, uh, Apollo 11. Corduroy Road is pretty good. I think those two are my favorites. Yeah. Yeah. Apollo 11 is a is a must listen in my opinion, but anyway. Yeah, so he's oh. he's one of my biggest inspirations just because he is so multi-talented and uh he is a he's an incredible multi-instrumentalist. So he he does a lot of cool stuff that I tend to really admire and want to draw from. Um otherwise it's just everything else I listen to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like as, as soon as you said Al City, I was like, "Oh my god, that's like exactly it." When I was listening to Masquerade, I was like, "What is uh-huh. it like sort of reminded me of something?" And then as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah. "Oh my god, of course it was." It's almost shameless. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking a, a little bit about the Masquerade, um or or rather uh the song that you just recently released just simply called Outro, which is I guess sort of like a reimagining okay. of the song The yeah. Masquerade off of the album. Um, could you could you talk about uh, that a little Absolutely. bit? Absolutely, um, I would love to. Yeah. Um, do you have any? Because speci- I don't want to talk for thirty minutes about this thing. So <laughs> if you have any like specific questions about it, I can maybe. Okay, so um, so what uh, what drove you to uh, you and Ryan and whoever else worked on it to uh, basically like reimagine this song and and you know re release it like this? This song specifically, even. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
very good question. Uh, so I guess really quick background uh, before I go into the description. Uh, so in the Masquerade, we have this intro track that is simply called Intro. Um, and Intro was inspired uh, by like a certain style of song that I've been wanting to write, like a very theatrical uh, orchestra, like piano heavy kind of uh, song that I've been wanting to write for a very long time. Um, I actually, it is heavily, heavily inspired by something like uh, Some Nights Intro by Fun, um, which okay. is a song, I, I adore that song. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's it it's a song that uh, was very important for me to write. Um, Ryan had a lot of fun doing it as well, but uh, I it was probably my favorite song from the album for a very long time. So yeah, recently we put out a just a, a surprise single um, that not even we were expecting called Outro, which as you said is a reimagining of Intro, um, but it's not connected to any sort of album. It, it is very much its own thing, uh, intentionally so. Um, so it, it's weird because it, it wasn't inspired really by anything, anything particularly like substantial or like poetic or like even really all that uh, mm-hmm. important, really. It, it honestly just came out of nowhere. Like one night, uh, like Ryan has this uh, this piano uh, instrument, this this virtual piano instrument that he's been uh, sort of like uh, fiddling with recently. And because uh, like, obviously, a lot of our music is electronic, but we're always sort of like trying to figure out ways that we can grow uh and uh incorporate more genuine sounds into our stuff and so uh he has this new vst uh that is a uh, new piano instrument that uh we've really found that we like a lot and we think sounds really cool it has a little bit more substance to it than uh some of the older instruments we've been using and so uh he he uh he basically he took like the the structure like the midi structure for the original song and just ran it through this uh this piano instrument and uh it ended up sounding really nice and so he sent it to me he's like hey i just did this in a in a short little bit uh what do you like i think it sounds really cool so uh have like listen to this just like this fun little thing and mm-hmm. so i remember i i responded like hey that's beautiful give me a second <laughs> was my response <laughs> to it um and then in like 30 45 minutes uh i had sent him back a demo uh, of this uh, new lyrical track to it, which was just the the original melody for intro, uh, but rewritten with a with brand new lyrics and a new context. Um, and it came together so quickly, but it is probably my best work lyrically, I feel. Uh, and uh, something about it, I just felt so like impassioned while I was writing it. Like, is impassioned a word? It I was think now. so. No, it yeah, is now if it wasn't before. <laughs> Look at us with fucking Shakespeare over here. Yeah. <laughs> you got to own it. Um, so yeah, I just, I just felt it was just like this, this burst of inspiration, which like you can't always rely on, uh, and you shouldn't always rely on when you're, when you're a creator, cause you're not going to get anything done. You're not always going to feel inspired, but in this, like this night, for some reason, I just felt so strongly, like I wanted to write a certain message and a certain story and a certain style of lyrics. So, um, we ended up writing this song in like two or three hours and then, uh, we were like, okay, we like this a lot. What are we going to do with it? Okay. Let's just put it out like right now. <laughs> like no, no build up, no fanfare. We yeah. uploaded it to our distributor that night and, uh, it was released like within the next two days on like every normal platform. Uh, and yeah, that was that. It was just this thing that happened. 
I definitely get like that with um art, especially is that because I um am a digital artist that like some some nights you'll be like I don't want to do anything forever, and then other nights like you'll spend like <laughs> the entire day like not sleeping, not eating, just creating things. Uh, and yeah. it can like result in like some really good stuff, but then everyone's like, oh, what have you been up to today? And you're like, I haven't seen the sun. It's been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there are some days, though, where you're just like, I would rather eat lotion than write a <laughs> single word on this piece of paper. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, my, my main issue is that I get, like, too many ideas, mm-hmm. and then, like, historically, I've tried to do them all all at once. And it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. It doesn't work, and I still kind of do it, unfortunately. I oh, yeah, Mars no, has me about too. 20 concurrent projects right now. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a real problem, and it is, it's a common problem for creative people. Uh, and there's, there's actually some really interesting potential psychology behind it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if y'all know, uh, who Dan Olson is. Uh, he has a channel called Folding Ideas on YouTube. I've, I've heard of it, but I've never seen any of the videos. Um, essentially, he made this really, really cool video uh, this one time. Uh, it was just like a very, it was like a casual uh, like clip from one of his streams that he does every so often. And uh, it has stuck with me uh, in, a, in a big way uh, where he talks about uh, the potential motivation and reason behind why it's so hard for so many creatives to actually finish things. Because it is, it is such a common problem. You hear that people... Uh, are so good at starting projects and coming up with ideas for projects and and like and like starting the process of making something that they're excited about but it just doesn't ever get done mm-hmm. um and it, and it's it's there's a lot to it and I won't go through the whole thing but it essentially the way he describes it and it is it is it is a it is something that makes so much sense to me uh in the way that he lays it out uh the way he describes it is that it is it is a skill that is never being built. Um, oh. Like, starting, like, we are so good at starting projects because we're constantly starting projects. But because mm-hmm. we are not letting ourselves finish things, even if they're not perfect, we are not developing the skill it takes to finish a project. That is so Starting projects yeah. is easy because we're doing it constantly and we're getting so used to it. We become so good at starting something but finishing it is this monumental task because it, it kind of goes back to that whole like you can't always work out of passion kind of thing. Yeah. Because yeah, if yeah. we're if we're always looking for the ending of something to be perfectly wrapped up and perfectly finished, we're never going to get there. We need to learn how to let we need to learn how to let more projects be done as they are so we can get better at finishing things than letting so many things fade out as always being in progress mm-hmm. and also not yeah. every project you make needs to be big oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely not. for the and love it's of not God. going to be i, I it, yeah i i need to learn that personally uh-huh. if you try and make every single thing that you do the most important thing that you do you are going to burn out you're gonna not want to work on anything it's going yeah. to be horrible and this is a problem that i deal with all the time it is constant it is a constant issue for me <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah, you are absolutely right. So, 
on the on that note, um, because you obviously you run Snapcube, a, a, yes. a video game, a YouTube channel. Um, so mm-hmm. I was just wondering, like that brought up um an interesting point in my head. A lot of people, uh, including me, I'm not a real gamer, uh, struggle really like a lot with finishing games once they start them. Have oh, you yeah. ever like struggled with like starting a game through series and like just either like not feeling it or like not having time for it, but like feeling pressure to finish it? Like Lit- how do you get literally? That? literally all the time like um yeah miles uh if uh when i discovered snapcube i like binged through like your most of your back catalog Uh um and uh i don't have have you actually completed a let's play yes yes i have it is the rarest thing in the world and i honestly i feel so bad about it like it it makes me feel guilty and it is something that I'm constantly trying to be better about, but it is it's really difficult um to 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 finish a let's play uh in the current format that I do it and uh with my current workload because I am like if you don't count co-commentators, I'm the only person who works on Snapcube. Yeah. I'm not mm-hmm. like uh I'm not like Game Grumps who have like a whole studio and a whole team of editors and personalities yeah. and like and like managers and stuff. I am one person yeah. who I make all of this stuff in my room at my desk. Um, yeah. And that it, it's hard to finish things like that. But like, I shouldn't have to make excuses like that, honestly, like, because it is totally possible for me to finish more things than I do. And I'm getting better about it. I'm trying to get better about it. But um, it is it's hard. Yeah, it, it is. It is a constant struggle. You uh, know what? I, 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 I don't really consider it like an excuse. I, I, I think of it more as like just context mm-hmm. because like because like and and our regular listeners of this show will know um, we've had some scheduling whoopsies uh-huh yeah um, uh, including shifting the upload day I think three maybe four times <laughs> yeah because like i'm you know like i'm the one who who edits the episodes every week and i also work a a near full-time job mm-hmm. right um and like i can i have the time to to like edit everything together and you know get it done uh in a reasonable time but it's more of the question of having executive function to do so <laughs> right yeah which like, is so hard <laughs> yeah yeah it's so so very hard uh-huh burnout is a real struggle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um okay so we this interview ha- is um gone i think longer than maybe any of us expected i'm chill i'm i'm, yeah, I'm no. ready to talk <laughs> no. for three it's years it, it's it's great unfortunately we do have other parts of this show <laughs> that's just, yeah <laughs> they canceled um, so so uh so I guess I guess my last question for you uh is what what does the future look like for Go Child? You talked about a new album, you talked about new members. Uh Yes. What's what, oh, what's yes. up with that panel? I would love to talk about the new members. So um so Go Child started as a two person project. Uh Ryan and I, uh Ryan making the music in his uh his digital audio workstation, me recording all the vocals and uh, doing the final vocal mixing and stuff on my end. Uh, but in terms of the future, we want to incorporate more live instrumentation, uh, which we've already started. Uh, we have this thing that I have uh, titled just as a personal way of referring to it, the Go and the Children Initiative. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> which is just this, this silly name that I, I came up uh, with to describe the 
idea that we are going to pull in friends and uh, associates to uh, help us replace uh, virtual instrument stems with live instrument stems uh, whenever necessary. And we've actually, we've already released a song uh, that uh, is under this initiative. Uh, It's one of our, it's our most recent official single, not counting outro, which was a very uh, off the cuff thing. Uh, Our most recent single aside from outro is called Half Calf. We are so ridiculously proud of it, and uh, it does feature. It features some live instrumentation. It features some uh, some live guitar done by uh, our friend uh, Brian, uh, Brian Brian on YouTube, um, who is going to be sort of like our go to uh, guitarist help. Uh, and uh, it also features some harmony and background vocals done by uh, our friend Blue uh, Lily Blue Linux, uh, who is at Blue Space Queen on pretty much every social media site. Uh, she is wonderful. Uh, they're both wonderful, and they're they're helping us out a lot. Uh, and we also have some more people we're bringing in. Um, so the future, in terms of like production value and instrumentation, is looking grand. We're very excited, uh, and we're gonna be trying to apply that to as many songs as we can uh, in the current album we're working on, which is called Coffee and Ramen. We don't have a set release date yet, but we're hoping uh, early 2019. Hell yeah. And now, here's an exclusive preview. Now, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I could give you like a 10 second clip or something of an unreleased one. I don't care. We leak stuff all the time. That would actually actually be dope. (laughs) I I can do that. Yeah. We have a song called Atlanta that I'm Mm -hmm. super proud of. Yeah. that exclusive content my joke is now a reality (laughs) just off the cuff leaks we do it all the time it's a problem we leak so much stuff on like just random streams and stuff we like we have no we have no sort of secretive integrity no secrets just right i have one last question for you penny and that is if you had to choose would it be coffee or ramen coffee (laughs) see i think i'd also pick coffee. coffee yeah here, I love both. Here, here's but... maybe the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, problematic thing mm-hmm. uh, is that I don't really like either coffee or ramen. Well, now I have to find another. I mean, first. I was. <laughs> well, I don't like being here. So uh, <laughs> guess see I you later. gotta go. I mean... What if you brewed the ramen with coffee? That's hell. A coffee ramen? I can guarantee you it's been done. A horrible thought. I know someone that drinks butter coffee in the morning. But wait, what? Wait, where you make a latte with butter? It's part of a diet plan. It's like the only amount of fat that you're allowed to have in the day. You just put butter you put in it, butter or like in you brew coffee. it a special way with butter. I, I mean, a bit of column A, a bit of column B. You make a latte like the, the milk is butter and the foam on top is butter. Column B stands for <laughs> column butter. Uh, so it's I looked cool. it up, and in fact, uh, there is a restaurant uh, that serves coffee ramen. Yeah, coward. That Horrible. is awful. Yeah. Where is it? Let's probably. go. <laughs> road trip road trip from australia business and also no, business trip yeah i'll, I'll put that on the artificial trip. ghost expense list <laughs> it'll yeah, be taken out of corporate is. funds let, let me check the the account oh yeah oh, I've just, just put just put Dope. your 
put your findings in an episode yeah. and you officially have some some reasonable <laughs> some reasonable Fair. grounds. Uh okay. Oh, grounds. Get it like I oh, get okay, it. Oh. All right. All right. Let's let's 30 minutes in. Let's get to our new favorites for this week. <laughs> hey Moz. Cool. Yeah, hi. What's your new favorite? Uh, so my new favorite, um, which I'm almost hesitant to bring it, oh, no. is Life Light off the Super Al- Smash Brothers Ultimate soundtrack. Oh my god, you can't oh. keep talking about Super Smash Brothers. Okay, okay, hold on. I love hold you so on. much. You big old nerd, I love it. <laughs> hold, hold on, hold on. Okay, let me get into it. So, uh, this, this song was uh, composed by Hideki Sakamoto and uh, sung by... Who the fuck knows? Because literally no one has credited the English singer. <laughs> love it. Love it. Oh. Uh, yeah. Who, Unfortunate. Sh- she's a mystery, uh, which is lame. History always forgets the women that help create it. Mm-hmm. It's That's not even a joke. That's just, that's just that's actually just real. real. It's, yeah. it's just sad. It's just yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> Let's just sit here for a moment and ruminate. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So, like I said, I kind of debated bringing this song, um, because anyone who's talked to me for more than two minutes uh, knows how excited I am for this game. If you suffer following Mars on Twitter, then you already know everything about Smash Brothers. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. Um, And yes, that's all. I I didn't really want to torture Miles with retreading old ground. No, I love it. Um, and, and like, also, I, I feel like the last thing the world needs right now is another podcast talking about Smash Ultimate. Uh, yeah. But on the other hand, this is a genuinely fantastic song. Um, and when thinking of a new favorite for this week, it was literally the only song that came to mind. Now, here's my question, Mars. Yes. Yes. If we talk about Smash Ultimate this episode, will you not mention it again until it comes out? Um, no, but okay. also we're, so. we're not talking too much about Smash Ultimate this episode. Okay. Twist, fucking twisted on you. Uh, <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm bringing the song and, and yes, despite how unbelievably pumped I am for this new game, I'm not really going to talk about it because, um, I, I, I want to, I want to instead sort of talk about more like why i love smash brothers and nintendo as a whole and my sort of personal connection to it okay um but with that said let's listen to the song So, Penny, before before I actually get into it, um, I will talk about Smash Ultimate a little bit because I'm a liar. That's um, fine. Like, I'm so excited about this game. So, let me ask you uh, a simple question. Sure. Piranha Plant? Yes. Yes. That's correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Glad I got it right. First try. I vote yes on Piranha, Piranha Plant. Plant. Piranha Plant is a perfect, perfect child, and I'm so glad that he's here. Add Piranha Plant to go, child. You say that like I'm not 12 (laughs) steps ahead. (laughs) I'm already behind you. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. 
So the the lyrics of the song are like super goofy, super cheesy, and I love Very it. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's literally just a like summary of the story of World of Light, uh-huh. the 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 adventure mode in that game, but using um, language that nobody uses. At yeah, all. exactly. Yeah, that's that's my. Uh, it, it's actually funny because I I brought a a song from a rapper named Aesop Rock in the first half of the show, uh-huh. uh, and similarly, um, his vocabulary is almost impenetrable. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Aesop Rock writes for Nintendo. Never knew. <laughs> this this song is it's absolutely beautiful, and whoever the singer is, she has a fantastic voice. I'm like. This song has such an undying brightness to it. Like it's got, it's got darkness too, but it's got it's this unrelentingly positive song. I think it's definitely what was necessary, considering um, the very dark nature of the latest Smash well, Direct trailer. Well, well, yes, they killed um, children. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, Not just that; he killed my children. <laughs> Sakurai took my children and killed them. Yeah, yeah. Fucking my my sweet my sweet son, uh, Solid Snake, uh, is dead. My beautiful toddler, Solid Snake. My my beautiful um like thirty eight year old son. I don't know how old I don't know how old Snake is. I really is. don't. I also on, well, on that note, I, let's hope it's close to thirty eight. Yeah, I hope it is. I, it's it probably was, close to 38. It was so funny seeing, like, the icon of Cars Miller, like, amongst all of, like, the <laughs> Nintendo characters. It was, it was that, amazing. It was, it was so very fucking good. funny. Um, but, like, yeah, like, this, this is, this sort of thing is, it's something Nintendo is very good at, and, and it's part of what draws me to them so much. I, I mean, especially lately, with all of the darkness already surrounding us in the world, um, all I want to watch and play and listen to are, are things that fill me with, like, optimism and happiness. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, looking back, I, I realized that that's kind of what I've always liked, but there was definitely a period of time in, like, middle school and early high school where I was, like, super edgy and trying to pre- pretend I was cis and straight. But, like, that sort of stuff, it, it, it wasn't really what I was into. It was just kind of what I was supposed to be into. Mm-hmm. I, I considered my, like, edginess to be a kind of rebellion at the time, but really it was just what was advertised in my age range and assumed gender. Mm-hmm. But it was all fake. It was all super fake, and I kind of knew it was fake at the time. But uh, that's what right. I presented to other people and, and tried to convince myself. Yeah, uh, yeah, I did the same thing when I was in high school. Also, uh, Mars knows this, but Penny doesn't because you've never met. Uh, is I went to an all girls high school, um, which is sick. Went to trans, it's so cool, love it. Um, but like, because I was the weird little sort of round, oh, yeah. beautiful faced business boy, um, that liked That's anime cool. and cartoons and shit, and I like made myself listen to like screamo and metal and stuff <laughs> to seem like a little bit hard. <laughs> Just like a little bit. Yeah, I, I really tried to convince myself that System of a Down <laughs> was a good band that I should listen to. And Bring Me the Horizon's good. It's good. They have a couple okay songs. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, like, 
even throughout all of that time, like, w- n- my love for Nintendo didn't ever really go away. I wasn't one of those kids, like, I, I never went so far that I was just like, like, Mom, I need a PS3 so I can play Call of Duty. Because <laughs> uh, that's how I you was, sounded when never, you were 14. That's absolutely how it sounded when I was 14. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna die. <laughs> the famous Portland accent. A 14-year-old. <laughs> Mom, if I don't see Bioshock on this shelf by tomorrow, if, we're throw- uh, if if I don't get a copy of Grand Theft Auto 4, I'm gonna break in me caps. Somebody get me pictures of Spider-Man, and also a copy of Spider-Man. <laughs> Mom, Halo tomorrow, or your kitchen is gone. It, it'll just it, the the room will be sealed over. Just like there gone. Was never a door. I won't tell you how. I'm the warlock of your nightmares. You'll beg me for an explanation, but it'll fall upon my ears. Mom. Mother, you're not gonna like what happens if I don't get my Xbox. <laughs> also, can I get chicken nuggies for dinner? Anyway. That was stupid. <laughs> uh, if you cut any of that, I'm gonna be so angry. I, I, here's the thing. No. Normally, I'm like... Uh, while recording, recording, I'm like, oh, like, maybe that's a bit that I should cut. Um, so far in this recording, I don't know how I'm gonna cut anything. <laughs> Ready for a two-hour episode. This is gonna be a long one, I think. A long episode. Anyway, so, like, my... As long as I've been into, um, video games, I've, I've been into Nintendo. That, okay, that isn't technically true. Like, before, uh, I got into Nintendo, my dad had, like, a plug-and-play Atari thing that I I was into. But my first, like, real game was Pokemon Yellow, uh, which I stole from my aunt. Uh, (laughs) And, and, like, it... I don't know. It really like sparked something, and I was just like, like this is this is fun and innocent, and it really appeals to me because like I don't know. It it just it has feels like a welcoming. soul to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has like a like it's it's sort of like nice, harmless, creative like storytelling that like doesn't need to rely on like edgy death tropes and shit to like yeah, but, make a compelling but, story. But not only that, like. Like Penny was saying, like, you can, like, when playing basically any Nintendo game, you can, like, feel the impact of, you know, people's, like, decisions while making it. And, like, what they did just to make this bit just a little bit more fun and charming or whatever. A Nintendo game, a good Nintendo game is normally so clearly an exercise of passion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like, and, like... Back back in the day, back in like you know middle school, high school, whatever. The old days. The the old days. Back back in the day. Jesus, I hate that. Um, yeah, it's it's bad. Um, uh, like I was mostly playing on like GameCube and DS because that's just what I had. And Smash Brothers Melee was is is probably the game that I've spent the most time playing. Not because I ever got into, like, the competitive bullshit, because I just don't give a shit. It was just, like, the best version of it at the time, and it was available. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because Brawl was out, and I desperately wanted to play oh. Brawl. But um, yeah. I did not get a Wii, ever. But, like, Melee, like, it was a game that, like, really let me, like, connect to my dad at that time, because we would, like, find time to play together, and, like, I would, like... 
which was really valuable, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, and like, <laughs> I remember me and a friend used to make up stories with the game and like basically make up OCs for the characters and like different skins would be different characters with their own like voice and motivations and shit. Cute. It was like playing with digital action figures. I gotcha. Uh, I don't know, like that sort of like those sort of fun memories and that that personal tie that I really have with Nintendo games and like also like Nintendo is a company that I just like that I just like respect a lot, which is not something I say absolutely never because capitalism right. is poison <laughs> and uh, the uh, corporate business structure implanted in our culture kills expression and free will. Uh huh. Uh. But, like, they're, they're the only, like, major game company to, like, publicly acknowledge and input measures to combat crunch, which is, like, a super major problem in the for game developers. And, like, seriously, game dev folks, like, need a union. Um, yeah. But no uh, they're, crunch, they're also, like, the only major game company to even try to allow for, like, gender fluidity in their major titles. Uh, even using, like, they-them pronouns for several major characters in the Splatoon story modes. Like, Nintendo just feels welcoming to me. They feel like coming home, in in a way. So, Mark. Yes? Uh, uh, in the first half of the podcast, uh, when you were talking about your uh, video game, for real video gamers song, um, I mentioned that, like, do you um, sort of, like, combine or, like, associate playing video games with therapy? And is that, like, so do Nintendo games, like, help you in that way? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I And I, I responded, I wish you asked that later. And this is the time for it. Yeah. Because... Yeah, Look at me I directing mean, the flow of conversation. Yeah, it's you. You're doing a wonderful job. That's not ironic. Anyway, <laughs> I just like complimenting my friends. Um, but uh, like, it totally is because like, especially back in the day, back in like those dark middle school times when I was really feeling depressed and misunderstanding everything that my brain and body was telling me, and just being a, a general dumbass and big shit um going home and you know probably playing melee because that's what i did a lot um it was yeah kind of like like therapy it was an it was like shit that i could i don't know like a world that i could envelop that wasn't mine and back in the day back in the day of middle school were like yeah absolutely therapy for me and i think they they really helped me a lot getting getting through a lot of what i was going through at the time i do love you referring to middle school as the good old days when it was fully seven years ago <laughs> uh did i say good old days <laughs> uh, i think like jokingly i think it's important. yeah maybe i don't know i was gonna say like uh in, in smash in particular is like is super special in the sense that it's a celebration of that um yeah it's yeah. not just like it is, but it's not only just its own positive experience. It is a celebration of all of these other positive experiences that defined so many memories and 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 positive emotions uh, as a, as a child and even as an adult. And like, it's just it's really important uh, in a way to like see all of these icons of positivity like just all come together for this like incredible project, like. Yeah, really yeah, cool. that's that's like as a as a super minor example, like in Smash Ultimate when I saw that like with Ike you can play as either his old design from Path of Radiance or or his new one. 
uh, which I was really bummed that they changed his design in, in Smash for Wii U. Um, I don't know, seeing him in his Path of Radiance style really takes me back to when I was playing a lot of Path of Radiance and and the like phone calls that I had with my like long distance friend while while playing and I was telling him about what was going on and everything. For me, like yeah, Nintendo is associated with a lot of like nice personal moments for and me. Like, and like in including those like small touches that honestly like really aren't necessary like Mm -hmm. they don't necessarily need to be there to make a good product but including them anyway gives off this really comforting sense that the people in control of this care as much about it as you do yeah yeah which is really really nice all right i've i've definitely talked for too long about (laughs) this so it's good though i'm it's it's really it's nice to hear that uh uh, this this goes so deep for you in in a, in a very positive way. Uh, so Penny, hi, that's me. What what is your new favorite for this week? Oh, let me tell you, new is a relative term, but it's newer <laughs> it is, than some other favorites. <laughs> I think I've known about this song for like a um, couple months, like maybe a couple, a few months or so now. But it is it is mm-hmm. really relatively new. Um, but uh, it is called uh, "So There" by Ben Folds. Ooh. Ooh, Let me right. share this link. Cool. Do you wanna do you wanna like talk about the song before we listen to it, or do you wanna get into all that after? I f- I feel like a lot of the points that I have aren't really reliant on being discussed before or after. So I okay. think I just want to get the the listen out of the way, and then uh, we can talk about it afterwards so that we have the context. Okay, on go. Three, two, one, go. Boxes. It's so well written, but I won't be sending it, and I will not forget you. There's nothing to forget. Oh, so. First thing that I want to say about the song is 420 Nice. All right, go for it. Heck yeah, 420 <laughs> Nice. Um, so glad that you've revealed this fact to me. Um, so I may or may not have a lot to say about this song. I guess we'll see where the conversation mm-hmm. leads. Um, I do have a couple bullet points, but I guess my first point is that I love this song to death. Um. <laughs> Like, it's it's a really like really great song. I I really like I love this like the jazziness to it. Yeah. Um so this song is really this album like because the album is named after the song. The album is called So There and uh it is this really interesting project that he did uh in collaboration with this uh the sextet orchestra called uh Y Music and it is so cool. Uh because it's like his normal like sort of like pop-ish songwriting style but paired with um mostly orchestrations uh and it's like this orchestral backing track and uh, he provides piano tracks and vocals and like lyrics and stuff and uh it comes together so well the styles mesh so well this is like exactly the kind of music that i love the most and that i want to uh learn how to make over time and like uh this is like so inspiring to me in that sense it's just it's so satisfying to listen to 
and it is just something it is a style of music and this song in particular something about it just really speaks to me on that level just the way it's constructed i adore yeah his voice is so goddamn beautiful i yes his ben folds i've really started to appreciate him a lot recently um and some of his stuff is pretty hit or miss at times but uh stuff like this just really stands out and like surprisingly enough all the work he did for the over the hedge soundtrack is also very good um (laughs) hold on no 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 hold on you can't just breeze past that (laughs) i won't no 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 yeah do you want me to like because he so ben folds i I, uh, frankly frankly i wish you brought an over the hedge song look everybody (laughs) knows rock in the suburbs so okay so here's the thing uh ben folds is a pretty seasoned musician he's been around for a while and he's still going but he's 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 been around for a while uh Mm -hmm. dreamworks pulled him in well i don't know not dreamworks as like a corporation but whoever was working on over the hedge uh pulled him in to make a lot of original songs for that movie uh original vocal tracks that would be played during the movie and all of them are so good (laughs) Uh, they are they are really good songs he's a really good songwriter um i can show you some of those on on our own time but uh for now i do want to stick to so there because i do have a couple more points about this song um so yeah just the way it's constructed i'm super into i love like the whole the whole bridge in the middle there's just like this extended orchestra sequence where like the 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 strings and the and like i think it's like brass like they really just go for it in that bridge section my yeah my favorite thing in like instrumentation or one of my favorite things is like when you know one instrument is doing its its bit for a while and then like all of the sudden on the beat another instrument comes in and joins uh-huh. it yeah that's that's my favorite shit yeah and and the way that the the breakdown of this song is composed is just so it's so intricate and like that that intricate syncopation between all the instruments works together so well it is so well constructed but like i don't really have a lot to say if i'm just talking about like why i like the song as like just the way it sounds because really i don't really know how to express all the reasons why i like the song as it sounds because i just like it it just it makes me feel good it gives me nice little little bursts of dopamine it like certain like just the ways that certain melodies are composed they 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 trigger uh, a really happy emotional reaction with me and like they gave me the tingles and stuff so that's that's really all i can say on that front but also like uh i do have some things to say about like the the story behind this song like narratively there there obviously is an inspiration behind the narrative and i assume he's just speaking as a narrator to a like a past relationship that did absolutely nothing for him and fell apart without really going anywhere and that's sort of like the crux of the message of the song like in the in the final chorus is you taught me nothing i owe you nothing i owe you nothing how could i forget you when there's nothing to forget like that really says it all um so but like the the funny thing is that does transition into the next thing that I want to talk about. And it's just the style that the lyrics are written in because Ben Folds has a very like biting lyrical style. Uh, he's mm-hmm. very, he, uh, I, he did this, uh, concert for, uh, NPR, uh, tiny desk concerts. Uh, I fucking love the tiny desk concerts. Exactly. Yeah. He did a, he did a set for tiny desk and, um, uh, he, he brought up at a certain point, that uh when he really started enjoying the songs he was writing 
uh, as when he was young and, and really getting into music was when he started writing lyrics in the way that he actually spoke. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which was a really interesting thing to hear as someone who really struggles with my lyrics and, and really struggles in being proud of them and like l- and like wanting to convey things a certain way but not really always knowing how without, you know, being too specific or being too subtle or being too poetic or being too like uh just being too clear you know because like you want to have like that artistic boundary but also you want to express things properly um you don't want everything to be abstract so at least i don't i I should speak more personally i don't always want everything to be abstract but i also want to have a boundary there you know that like i can i can keep things in in a reasonable vagueness to where it can apply to multiple situations but also I am experiencing the catharsis of describing an emotion or a situation. So just the way he he mentions that, like, he writes songs and he learned and he, he developed the skill to write songs in a way that he actually would say these things is really interesting. And this song in particular, I love that because you can tell. You can tell that, like, because the the climax of the chorus, the very last line of, of every chorus is just him saying, oh, so there. Like that is the yeah. lyrics. It's it's oh so there, but it works. Um, yeah, because it's honest, and that like I said, that's really a struggle with me. So I really admire the song because it shows that like you don't always have to be the most poetic to write satisfying lyrics, and that is that is a constant like struggle that I have with myself and and like my lyrics writing. So this song inspires me on that level. It, it shows me that you can make. Uh, you can make things work as long as it's the right choice for the message. It's the right choice for the song and it is inspired and honest. And this song is, it is, it's biting, but it's, it's cool. It's good. That's why I really like, um, John Daniel of Mountain Goats because he also writes just like pretty stream of consciousness style. Um, and while he doesn't usually write from like personal perspective, you can tell it's just like the most simple way of telling a story. It's like, he's just telling a story about someone, which I really like. Yeah. And, but and and if it works for the form and if it works for the story that they're trying to tell, then it works, you know, like it's there's no I, I get so caught up in like trying to find the right way to write something that I forget a lot of the time that there is no right way to to convey something. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, it's interesting. By the way, uh, you uh, are way more deliberately thoughtful than either of us ever get. <laughs> so this this is mean, but true. <laughs> oh, well, I gave up on episode two. <laughs> hey, you know, that's fine. Um, no, but like, it's, it's you know, because we were talking earlier about something that like, you know, like things that are like common that artists struggle with. And I think this is this is definitely something that that a lot of artists struggle with, too, is just trying to figure out how to make their art theirs, you know, like right. how to make it like because... Right now, I'm I'm right in the middle of writing a massive project, which I won't spoil. Oh heck yeah! One of my biggest struggles when writing it is like trying to find a balance between like m- making it like something that people can enjoy without my like without my like direct vision being yeah. like, forced upon them yeah. like without your and, moderation yeah it's hard yeah. to reconcile wanting people to like connect with your work and wanting people to 
get something from your work, but also wanting people to recognize that you have importance in the work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is a very interesting tightrope to walk. Uh, and as a as a creator, it's like it's 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 all personal preference. You know, it's it's like how much do you want to convey? Uh, but a lot of the times it's hard to know how much you want to convey, you know, yeah. Like yeah, you're, just, yeah. you're feeling it as it goes. Um, but that's why I like this song in particular, because it's inspiring in that sense, because it shows me an example of it really, really working for somebody to do it in this way that I don't often try to do it. And like mm. it, it works because I like I love this song. So like if I love this song and it's written in this way that I've kind of been trying to keep myself from writing, like, like I shouldn't, you know, like if if I need to tell a story a certain way then I do. Yeah. Yeah. I I think it's, yeah, it's very important to like allow yourself to be influenced by the things you like. Yeah. Yeah. And not only lyrically does it do that. And this is where I get into my, my next point. And like the last point that I have bulleted, um, not only is it a lyrical inspiration and, and an inspiration in terms of like, like comfort, it being comforting and inspiring about like the state of like a final product um it's also inspiring uh in terms of process uh and by that i mean this song has been in the works for at least uh 14 years damn this came out in 2016 uh this album was released in 2016 there is uh, recorded footage, like documentary style footage of Ben Folds playing a piano version of this song. It's the same melody and everything from like 2004, at least. That's incredible. He's, he's been working Wild. on the song for a very long time. Yeah, it's crazy. And like, yeah, like there's uh, he has this album called uh, Songs for Silverman. And uh, there's a documentary on YouTube. Uh, that you can find uh, called The Making of Songs of Silverman. And near the end, like as the documentary is closing out, like while it's doing the credits and stuff, there is a there's an extended clip of him playing the exact melody and like near the exact composition of this song that came out in 2016, finally finalized. God. Which is insane because yeah. I get so self-conscious about working on a song for like three months. I'm thinking like, I'm not doing this fast enough. Like I need to, I need mm. to get this done. But like the message that I get from that is that like, like, yeah, like timeliness is cool and uh, promptness is neat. And if you can get something done really quickly, then that's absolutely great. Like that's wonderful. Like take the opportunity when you can, but there is no real expiration date on inspiration and on ideas like something can last for 14 years and still come out as good as it would have been if you would probably not as good as it would have been if you had finished it earlier like if if it's not ready then it's not ready you know yeah yeah for sure you're talking about like trying to finish projects and stuff and not being able to um if it is that important to you if it like has that much merit then like it doesn't matter how much right. time passes it's still going to come out yeah, it's right. it's I, it's another yeah. balancing act because you have to you do have to balance between like learning what projects are worth finishing before they're your magnum opus and what projects really deserve to have that time yeah. dedicated to them. And this is one of those that I really think deserved it because it is one of my new favorite songs. Yeah, I think that's it, it's it's interesting because like I don't know like there's a lot of pressure on on artists uh, to like constantly be releasing stuff and to you know to like to have this sort of production cycle yeah right but like that's just you know trying to force a creative process into 
a structure that doesn't work for you isn't it's gonna not gonna create, work for it's, you it's it's not gonna work it's not gonna create good art <laughs> and i like Obviously, you know, and we, we talked about this earlier in the episode of like uh, almost an hour earlier, by the way. I was going to say, remember when we said an hour and a half wasn't going to happen? Oops, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whoops. <laughs> I, I don't mean, I don't, I, I, that sounded like mean. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm enjoying this. This is fine. I'm going to call this episode um, Penny Parker Bullied Us. <laughs> <laughs> For some uh, reason, a Minecraft creeper is on like a thumbnail. <laughs> <laughs> red circle around it. See now I've mentioned Minecraft, so you're allowed to put it on. on oh, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> yes, I I will tag this episode Minecraft, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see. <sighs> FDA comes knocking on your door. Wait, that's the Food and Drugs yeah, Administration. Hang on. What am I talking <laughs> about? What was I? Th- wait, what was you I know, trying to say? You, you know the FDA, famous for policing Minecraft. Uh, the copyright. I mean, people? yeah, the copyright strike people. People eating all that rotten flesh in Minecraft, it poisons you for a reason. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So when it comes to creativity, you can't design a broken machine and expect it to work well in an assembly line. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, yeah. Everybody's got to find their own process and find what works. And some people just aren't going to want to, like, have the... Because we were talking earlier about, like, this idea of just, like, letting things go, letting your creative works go, and just, like, accepting that there's a point where you need to stop. Yeah. Right. But also, there is there is some value in not doing that. Yeah. <laughs> it is It is so case by case, it's almost yeah. unfair. Yeah. Yeah. It's a skill to learn what is more important than other things. Yeah. It really is. Finishing projects is a skill. Holding on to projects is a skill, and discerning the difference is the hardest skill to learn between all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just trying to organize what what you should be doing at what time. <laughs> yeah. It's the worst. It's difficult. Time is uh, uh, Anyway, uh, so do we have do we have anything more to say on this song? That's that's really it. I just I I, I it's funny because I I knew when you brought up the fact that I would be bringing in uh, a song to talk about, I like, I knew in my heart almost like that this was going to be the one. Cause uh, I just really, I've been into this one. I was listening to it a lot at the time and I was like, Oh yeah, of course I'm going to bring in. So there, but then I was like, I don't really have a lot to say about it. Yeah. Uh, But I'm glad that like, I was able to figure out why it means as much to me as it does um, in, in certain ways. Like obviously musically, it's just wonderful, but yeah, like it's also just really inspiring in really important ways to me as as someone who honestly lately has really been struggling with with writing music and like figuring out how to write the best album um because again we're working on this album and like it's been kind of hard lately uh and so songs like this really kind of are are helping me through that so yeah that's, that's why I brought it. Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful. Uh all right. Um well I guess normally I would ask Miles about his new song, but Penny, since I guess we're doing, like, that's the order, why don't you ask him? Okay. Hey, Miles. Hey, Penny. What's the song you brought? The song that I bought this week is Do It All The Time by I Don't Know How, But They Found Me, <laughs> which is a great band name. It's very that's a long. Good that, is, name. that is a very good band name. That's killer. That is killer. And it makes sense. Because the uh, load, of, <laughs> the load, the lead vocalist and bassist is formerly of Panic at the Disco. Oh my ah. god! 
So how many how many weeks in a row are you going to talk about Panic in the Disco? Let's make it uh what is this? Three? Oh fucking <laughs> bring this too much. Uh, I don't even like Panic in the Disco that much. It's fine. Gotta quote it a meet. Okay, so uh, I Don't Know How But They Found Me uh, is a pretty new band. I believe they only started this year. And so it consists of uh, Dallin Weeks, like I said, of Panic at the Disco. Uh, and the drummer is Ryan Seaman from Falling in Reverse. Ooh, hmm. an edgy duo. <laughs> so <laughs> Dallin did a lot of the lyrics and songwriting for the album Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die for Panic at the Disco, oh. which is one of the most successful ones. Um, right. And yeah, I, he's a very, very talented uh, musician and the drummer like really definitely shines through on the tracks that I've heard from them. Uh, so let's give this song a listen. Heckery. All right. Hell yeah. Well, I chose not to cuss <laughs> on the radio, so. Are. That video um, is ridiculously good. I know. <laughs> it, it is, it is, but one thing I will say, it is a bit of a disappointment because when he flipped the fun noise switch, nothing appeared to change in the song, and I was very disappointed by that. And that's your favorite <laughs> switch. Yeah, I, I really wanted the fun noise switch to, to do a fun noise, and it didn't. Yeah, I always activate the fun noise switch on my music. I don't know what they're doing. That's what I call my voice yeah. box, the fun noise switch. <laughs> <laughs> the fun noise switch. God. Sorry. Uh, That's a wonderful song, though. It's really good. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, I think this came up in like my recommendation section because sometimes YouTube just does that. They're like, "This is a song you should listen to it." I'm like, "All right, all right I guess." <laughs> um, uh, fuck it, sure. Um, so they got the name. I don't know how they found me from uh, Back to the Future, which is fun. Um, and I don't know how they found me. It's, I said that way too fast. I don't know how, but they yeah. found me. Uh, is oh, a musical. I, I love it because yeah, because every time you say the name of the band, it, I for a second I'm like, oh shit, is he in trouble? They found me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like expecting you to like like I don't know the sounds of a door being bro- like broken down to happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so they called the band. I don't know how, but they found me because this band has a conceptual backstory. Um, the band Ooh. is supposedly from like sort of around the 70s, 80s period, and their band was supposedly featured a lot on cable access talent shows and stuff, and just like sort of ambiguous television stations. And they sort of faded into obscurity, and like the music videos and tapes were lost and destroyed and that sort of thing. Uh, but now with the advent of the internet, like people are posting their performances and recordings and stuff, and now it sort of feels more like they are of this generation like people are ready for them um mm-hmm. which i think is a really interesting backstory for a band uh that is so the fact that it has yeah. a backstory at all is is wonderful i know i love it yeah yeah i i it reminds me of this idea that i had a long time ago for like a game uh, where it would be like 
the the like sequel or reboot to a game that never existed. Oh, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, I love that kind of stuff. It's extremely. There's not nothing else for that idea. Go I love on. it. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Maz always has about thirty projects underway. Oh, I am not working on that one. That is not a thing that no, I cannot. <laughs> Okay, then I'll just nab it. <laughs> Thanks for inviting me to your podcast, suckers. <laughs> Should have trademarked it, dipshit. <laughs> Run out the door holding a bag that says Mars's ideas. <laughs> it just says a video game. <laughs> and a dollar sign on the other side, of course. Let's get out of this okay. rat hole. All right, keep going. I'm sorry. Please continue, Miles. I keep forgetting that like Please. you're a voice actress and then you just like come out with like a really terrifying voice. <laughs> just the worst i'm like you mean just my normal voice (laughs) hey 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 now i'm kidding i'm kidding just a little self-deprecation humor for all you millennials out there okay keep going (laughs) because i'm on testosterone and so my voice just keeps breaking and i'm like ah sick love it fun noise switch (laughs) you have a good voice oh thank you uh this is great let's just not talk about the song let's just like compliment each other (laughs) yeah uh, let's just go on deeper and deeper tangents yeah. forever. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Uh, so Do It All The Time is sort of critiquing the whole uh, pop music mentality and celebrity mentality of, like, you can do whatever you want at all times. No consequences. <laughs> right, <laughs> Which I, yeah. I think is really interesting, uh, considering both of them came from uh, quite popular bands from the early 2000s. Right. And they were just like... That sucks. That shit's terrible. There was a, I don't remember their name, but there was a a band from the UK who like made a gimmicky Doctor Who song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they uh, got like a million pounds for like from doing their like music career. And then they went to like an abandoned spot somewhere and burned all of it wow and then and then left the music industry that's a lot yeah jesus i guess that was actually smash mouth that was actually smash mouth <laughs> it was that, funny enough yeah yeah not, lo- not for, a lot of people know that <laughs> thank you for reminding me penny it was in fact smash mouth. i'm looking it up i'm looking it up right now it's actually and pictures it of them and smash their terrible mouth. terrible facial hair <laughs> it's it's, it's pictures have... of it's pictures of them burning money just... I have I have no jurisdiction over the editing of this podcast, so I can't I can't choose oh, to edit out my own dumb bits. I can only vocalize the fact that I want to move on. No, you know how I feel. No, I want to get a no. tattoo of one of them, all of the members of Smash Mouth holding burning dollar bills, and I, would just, I yeah, want I a would, full back tattoo. Let's, let's just let's just all agree, like as a pact, to get that tattoo. To, I like, know we did last summer style. <laughs> You can't tell anyone about oh, this. Maybe, maybe, maybe we could each have a different member of Smash Mouth and like and then if we're ever all together for some reason, then the tattoo will come together. Oh my god. It's like Tenacious D in that one movie. It's beautiful. Tenacious D. <laughs> Tena- <laughs> you know that one movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So Miles, could you please t- tell us more about the song? Honestly, there isn't too much more to tell you about it. I really like the production. I love the uh, mm-hmm. classic sci-fi sort of weird implication that they're robots or something. 
Um, yeah, it's yeah. It's bizarre. It, and, like, the whole fact that it has a backstory really reminds me of bands like, I don't know, like, Gorillas or Studio Killers and stuff, Um, which you don't often mm-hmm. see with non-animated bands, which I think is fun. Yeah, I, th- I think there's, like, the idea of bands sort of making up a narrative and like telling like stories in a universe that you know in like a, a, a an alternate universe or whatever sure. is an unexplored like a, a criminally unexplored market maybe we should get more into it get creative yeah become thespians yeah. stop stop writing songs about just stop writing uh, songs idiot you're <laughs> Dumb just stop, stop making, making music, music. Just i think stop. all music is over now uh Sorry, Penny, uh-huh. your, your new album is a- cancelled because no more music. No, no, it's okay. I'm on board. We're on the same page here. Oh, no. Don't have to apologize to me. I'm sick of music. <laughs> Get out of here. But somehow this podcast is going to continue even though no music is allowed anymore. We're going to we're gonna be, yeah, we're going to, so music is over, but this podcast is now going to, you guys are going to be talking about the sequel to music it called blocks, M- yeah. Music. Uh, music um, 2. It's, it's music. music it's music. T- it's music, but not music two, dumb but and stupid. And not shit. Yeah, mu- it's music two, but we don't talk about music one because music it's the first two is better. Rule of music two, and it's called music. It's just a bunch of random yeah. sounds that don't sound good. <laughs> and then there, in every single in every single song that's made under the music name, there's always just a guy in the background, and it always happens. Like every song that's every song has to be longer than two minutes and thirty seconds because at two minutes and thirty seconds in every single song under the new creative regime of music, there's going to be a guy in the background who makes this noise. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> and you know, you can you can change the leveling as much as you want. You can make it as prominent or as in the background or as ambient as you want as long as it is audible and as long as it is recognizable as the guy in the background of every music song who makes this noise. <laughs> wow, who yeah, did the funny. I have, I have, on the in, in your, in your new question. song, Brendan Yuri? Oh, that was actually Steve Buscemi's <laughs> <laughs> I have a very important question because, because uh, uh, you know, what's your question? Like, uh, and and thank you for bringing us this this product. Of course, of yes, I have, to, I have to be. I have to. I will say I have to be very careful about questions because you know my PR team. They're mm-hmm. yeah, 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 you know how it uh-huh. is. Uh, so so um, with with the you know two two minute thirty mark of the of the man making this noise. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we yes. can get Mars um, to do any music. That is. That is music. Um, can that that noise that that man makes um, be uh, remixed into a beat? Oh. Yes, perfect. Yes, as 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 long as okay. So there are only, there are a couple prerequisites, uh, but honestly, creativity works best with limitations. So here's the thing: here are the two prerequisites for uh, for that noise within each uh, new song under the music label. Um, which is all music. Uh, so here's so so first prerequisite: it has to be the same guy. Oh, I love that. It has, it has, it, you can't you can't you can't like have one of your band members do it. Mm-hmm. It has to be the same guy. His name is Jim mm-hmm. Green. Uh, yeah, the the lost the lost Green brother next to Hank and John. <laughs> Jim and and. and... <laughs> And not only does it have to be the same man, but he has to record a, like it has to be. A oh, it has to be discreet. Yeah, <laughs> it's spark. it's Jim. It's Jim Green, secret new third brother of John and Hank Green. He is not an author. He is a. Author. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna die. Second prerequisite. Second prerequisite. You can have it at any other point in the song if you so choose, but 
as long it, it has to have at least one instance happen at two minutes and 30 seconds in the song on the dot mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. add it at any other point but you cannot exempt it from that spot yeah. it has to be there yeah, th- do, there we, was a... do we still call them songs yes no they're called they're beyonds. called beyonds thank bongs. you they're called bongs you rip them um, um, yeah. bongs. It's a confusing bongs. market. The it, world is in shambles. It, it's, anyway, hold on. Is is bong used yet? Is that a, is, I, I feel like that, is that might word be used word. yet? Anyway, so four twenty. Twenty. I played it. <laughs> bong it. Hell yeah. Um, and there was a whole movement of music where um all songs were exactly two minutes and thirty one seconds, so you could really end on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was it was a really <laughs> Picasso. Picasso had his blue period. I think that was right. <laughs> Um, and 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 so every other every other uh musician, musician. has their musician. has their uh has has their back face yeah i am i am suffering at the hands of my own stupid bit <laughs> this is your hubris it's this is it it's it's right in front of me you, you've you've flown too close to the goof now your goof wings are melting. Can we? Can we? Take me away from this fifth somebody. Oh, please. All right. So, uh, so are there any other points that you wanted to go over? For did we go over any points I about the song? Not, it's just it's fun. It's a good song. I like the production. It's a good song. It's a, good song. it's a great song. And you know what? It inspired a really good bit. So it I really did. A really yeah. good tight twelve minute bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if if there so uh, you know if there's nothing else to say then there's nothing else to say. We yeah. got some we got some mm-hmm. good out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I I think uh, overall it's been it's been very successful. Let's pack it up. Let's let's uh, you know, shuffle our files. <laughs> yeah. I do need to eat. Yes, sure. you do need to eat. Sure. You you needed to eat like an hour ago. Sure. And yet. <laughs> I've had fun. Oh, I'm glad. This has been a great time. Yeah, I'm glad too. Uh, okay, well, let's let's wrap it up then. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Artificial Ghost Radio. Uh, if you have any suggestions for what we can talk about in the first half of the show, uh, you can uh, uh, reply to our pinned post on Twitter, or you can email us at artghostpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, also send song suggestions if you would like to us at our Twitter and our Gmail. Uh, the Twitter is at artghostpod. If you if you enjoyed the show, please share it with a friend. Uh, word of mouth is really the only way that we advertise, so it uh, it would help a lot. And also leave us a, a rating on iTunes, I guess. That's a thing you can do. Whatevs. <laughs> um, and, and you know what? Thank you, Penny. Hey, thanks, Penny. Thank yeah. you. Th- thanks. Yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. This was really fun. I I, I mean, I always love talking about music and stuff. So it was really cool to get the invitation. And uh, you guys, you have a really good show going. Oh, here, thank so you. Thank, thank so us much. for thank you for pitching to us uh, music. Um, yes, yes, um, yes. Uh, I'm I'm considering um, your funding. I, I am. Uh, hmm? Well, here's the thing. It is mine. So if you take it, I will <laughs> sue you viciously. viciously with all of my teeth. <laughs> yes, like how lawyers do. Yeah, lo- lawyers and their many rows of teeth. I mean, it. W- I mean, well, okay. It'd be. It would be a lawsuit against you, so that wouldn't be good. But also, like, it'd be beneficial in the sense that y'all would be, you know, the first, the, <laughs> the first sued podcast. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I broke. I broke down in the middle of my own bit. You'd be the first defendants in the first ever major music oh case, God, which is you're it's right. a milestone. It's just, th- think of the publicity. The publicity. The publicity. I want to end. Let's this. go. I want to stop this bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll shoot no in the head. Longer. I hate music. I hate what it's done to me. I hate what it's done <laughs> it's to me. It's really comedy. changed. 
changed you. Penny, you changed. <laughs> Penny, Penny, you've changed. I've I, like it's not even you, about the music. You used to be cool. I know. Ba- back back when I knew you in in oh six, I did not. Who who the fuck are you? Oh six, as in oh six. <laughs> yeah. Ago. All right, let's. It's over. I'm ending the recording. <laughs> we will see you on the other side. That's that's how we end it. Anyway, bye. <laughs>